Welcome to the Thrive Vineyard Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Molly Kiefer. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit thrivevineyard.com. So I am wondering how you all make big decisions. When it comes time to make a decision in your life, what is your go-to method? Do some of you, do you, um, do you, do you hit prayer? Do you get on your knees and you pray until you have a sense of peace and then you can move forward? I wonder if some of you avoid those big decisions and you drag your feet and you push them off as long as you can. Maybe some of you just put them on someone else. You make this for me, right? Maybe some of you, um, uh, you, you revert to Alexa. Tell me what to do. Alexa. Ooh, wowzer. Wow. Sorry, y'all. Are we good? Okay. Turn it down. Turn it down. Maybe um, we've done this in our family. The coin toss. Anyone? The coin toss. Like, let's just cast lots, right? Um, oh, do you, do you, sometimes you just get stuck. Do you get frozen in that moment of decision? I wonder if some of you um, do what I have done and you ask God for a sign. When I met Kevin, um, and I, my, I just was starting my graduate uh, studies, and at this point in my life, I my time frame was that it was like my parents' time frame. They met in college, and they were married three weeks after graduation. And so when my graduation date came and left without a ring, I was like, my whole life is off. I am I am so late to the game here, and this it's no more dating for fun. Like this is serious business now. And I met Kevin. And, um, instantly, um, you know, when we started dating, I was really just trying to discern like, God, is this the one, is this the one you have for me? Because you know what? I see this marriage thing. I, this is forever. And so God, you have to be in this. And so God, you have to give me a sign. I need a supernatural sign from heaven that this is what you have. And that is how I'm going to make this decision based on the sign. And so we, we were dating and it got pretty serious, pretty fast. And um, honestly, I would not suggest this, with, but within about three months, we were talking about a summer wedding. We met in January, started dating in January. By March, we were talking about a summer wedding and I had this hot and cold thing. I was like, everything seems like yes, yes, yes. But yet in my heart, I, I didn't have my sign. And so I would hold back. And so we would talk about our future plans and then I would pull back because I was like, but there's no sign and I'm waiting for my supernatural sign. This is a big decision, right? And, um, and so, uh, by March, the night before I remember I was leaving for spring break, and I was on the phone with Kevin and we started talking again about our future and about maybe getting married this summer. And he could sense that I was like pulling back and I was hesitant again and, and, uh, unsure. And he asked me this question. He said, he's like, what are you waiting for? He said, are you waiting for a sign from God? And I was like, kind of embarrassed, but kind of like, Yes, I really am waiting for a sign from heaven to crash into the earth to tell me, yes, this is the right decision, Molly. This is what, and, God, and Kevin said, you know what, Molly, here's the truth about God. He doesn't want to trick you. He's not a God who's setting things up and, and you know, at the last minute going to be like, you made the wrong decision, right? And I looked at it. I'm like, yes, you're right. Like all along the way, I, I picture it like green lights, like, you know how you hit those, sometimes you hit a street and it's like light, light, light. And sometimes you just are like green light, green light, green light. You're like, oh, like I just hit five green lights, right? And that was what our relationship was like in so many ways. It was like our, 
my parents liked him. And his parents liked me and my sisters liked him and, and our families, you know, were on board and our friends were on board and we had wise counsel and there wasn't any major uh, disobedience in our relationship and we had put God at the center and it was like this one thing after, and I really liked him. Like he was really fun, like all those things. And it, I, I looked at it and I'm like, ah, oh, yes, you're so right. This, that's not how God is. God doesn't kind of give me green lights along the way at the last minute to pull the rug out from underneath my feet. And when I'm at the altar going wrong decision, you made a wrong decision here. Right. And so in that moment, I was like, you are so right. This is how God has been. This is his nature. And I'm going to base this decision on the goodness of, I have sought him and I have opened my life to him and he is giving me some green lights. And so I'm just going to keep going. And at any point, you know, God can tell me like, Hey, Make it really obvious that this is not your will for me, right? But I had made that, that moment, in that moment, I was like, yes, like, that's it. I am not, I'm no longer relying on a sign to make this decision. I'm going to go with the goodness of God and his character. And that moment, we kind of just decided, that's it. We're going to move forward. And by Easter, we had a down payment on a property. We had a real ring. And we got married that August. It was just bam, bam, bam. But this is the whole point. In that moment, though, Facing this decision, I, I had so much fear. I would describe myself as like wobbly. Like, I think this is God, but yet, could it really, you know, is it really God? Like, is this really what you have? And I, this back and forth, hot and cold, and I was frozen in that moment because I, I, I was like, oh, I need wisdom to make this decision. And I didn't need just a sign from God, right? But I just wonder, do you sometimes find yourself wobbly, in the midst of decisions? Do you sometimes find yourself stuck or frozen? Or do you sometimes wonder, looking back, did I make the right decision? The deal is this, guys. I want to help today because life is full of decisions. Isn't it? It is full of decisions. How do I parent these children? What school do I attend? Do I stay in this job or is it time for another one? Right? Is it is it time for the the upgrade? I, I I really want the upgrade in my my appliance, but is it time? Do I buy? I always want all the bells and whistles. Is that the right decision? Is that smart? Is it time to move on from this relationship? Is it headed in the right direction? Life is full of decisions, and here's the deal, guys. We want to make good decisions, don't we? We want to make good decisions, and here's why we want to make good decisions. Our decisions are like the rock in the lake. You throw it in, and what happens? It ripples out, doesn't it? You put that thing in, and there is a ripple effect of our decisions. They don't affect uh, um, just this one moment. We make decisions, and we know that they affect our friends. They affect our families. They affect our kids and generations to come sometimes. They, they affect not just this moment, but a lot of times they affect tomorrow and five years and 10 years down the road, don't they? They affect our relationship. They have impact on our relationship with God. They have impact on our future, right? And so we want, we realize that, that decisions aren't isolated so many times, that they're not isolated, that they produce this ripple effect. And we want that ripple effect that moves in that positive direction, that, that impact, that good impact, that blessing, impact for our, what God says, our future and our hope. That's the ripple effect that we want in our lives. So we want to make good decisions, but what even is a good decision? Well, here's the deal. A good decision, I would say this, are really wise decisions. 
A good decision is really a wise decision. And the good news is that the Bible tells us that we can access wisdom to make wise decisions. That we're told to get wisdom. In Proverbs 4 or 5, it says this. It says, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. You will have a ripple effect that will move in the direction you want your life to go. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. So we're starting a new series today on wisdom. And we're going to spend the next four or five weeks or so um, digging into the book of Proverbs and a few other places. And we are going to get wisdom for our lives. We're going to do this. We're going to get wisdom to make wise decisions for our lives. Now, you guys know if I can put this in a little bit of a bigger context, that we are, um, as a church, we are moving towards this place where we are moving towards on-fire followers of Jesus. And this is going to start sounding really familiar. And, and what, what we have um, envisioned for this on-fire follower of Jesus is, is this graphic. And Kevin preached on this actually two weeks in a row, um, starting three weeks ago, if you want to go back and get that message. And he took apart um, this vision of what it means to be an on-fire follower of Jesus and what our different flames represent. And here we are moving into that third flame, the orange one, which is growing in personal wholeness, growing in personal wholeness. And really it's wisdom for our lives, for our everyday lives. And, uh, and we want to give ourselves to this place where we are growing in our own personal wholeness, that we are um, growing towards this is life that could be marked by wisdom. We can look back and say, wisdom, you know, it just absolutely covers my life. One of the keys to growing in personal wholeness is that we're going to make wise decisions. We're going to make good decisions for our living. And so here's where we're going to start today. I just want to help us break down how to make wise decisions, how to make good decisions. And so I'm going to give you three things that I want us to focus in on these don't build on each other. They're separate. But three things, three simple words that I hope you can remember. All of them are, are going to be words that are going to start with the letter A. And the first thing we're going to do, and this may sound so simple, hang with me, is we're going to ask. We are going to ask. That's the first thing we're going to do to make good decisions is ask for extraordinary wisdom, like Solomon asked for wisdom. And here's, here's Solomon's situation. He um, was king after David. And um, so he's handed this glorious um, kingship. And he is going to rule Israel um, right after uh, David. And God came to him one night. And he was like, Solomon, ask me for anything you want. And this is in Second Chronicles 1. And here is Solomon's answer. I think we have it up here. God's coming, coming to him as he's just king. What do you need? And Solomon says this. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? And God says to Solomon in verse 11, since this is your heart's desire and you have not asked for wealth, possessions or honor, nor for the death of your enemies. And since you have not asked for a long life, but for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people over whom I have made you king, therefore wisdom and knowledge will be given to you. And I love this. This seems simple, guys, and I, I didn't want to breeze past this, but this is what I saw when I looked at this asking. It's, it's asking is in context of something greater. It's actually linked to something. Solomon asked for wisdom because he knew that he needed a wisdom 
that God had, that God could give. It was beyond, it was an extraordinary wisdom. It was beyond human wisdom. It was something that despite all his training and his upbringing, he didn't have yet. But here's why he needed this wisdom. This is what it's linked to. He said, in order to do this job that God had given him, he saw that God had placed him in this position as king on his behalf. He says this to govern this people for you, God, I'm doing this for you. These are your people. He knew that this was a job. He was handed a job that was beyond him. It wasn't just a, he wasn't handed a throne. He wasn't handed just a political job to, to, to do a, uh, to rule as like an earthly king. Do you see this? He was saying, listen, God, I am doing this on your behalf. These are your people. And it was an impossible job. And he knew that, that this job wasn't just, again, for his resume building or for his own ego or identity, that it was a job done for God and he needed wisdom of God to do it. So when I was thinking about Solomon comparing to my life, here's how, here's where I ended up. I realized I don't always think of the places and the positions and the jobs that I have that I'm actually doing them for God. Really, honestly, like I know you're like, but you're a pastor. I I know, but I don't always think clearly, you know, like I'm not always in this vein. I am doing this for God. And so when I don't always think that I'm doing this for God, I don't really realize how impossible the job really is or the position or the place really is and that they are impossible without wisdom. So I don't ask for extraordinary wisdom. Are you with me on this? That we too have been handed a job on this earth. And I'm not just talking about your nine to five. I'm talking about all the positions, all the places, all the the circumstances and the settings that you may find yourself. Again, maybe a parent, maybe as a friend in a relationship, maybe, maybe you're, maybe you're a nurse, maybe you're a teacher. Maybe it is partly, yes, you're, you're nine to five, right? Maybe you're a manager or an owner, but you are so much more than that. And I wonder, are we too, do we recognize I am doing these for God on his behalf that he has placed me in a place on this earth to represent his role, his kingdom, just like to the same degree as Solomon guys, I know different time and different position and different call and a different personality, but no less possible without his wisdom. Seriously. And if we don't require it and we don't rely on it, we don't ask for it. I don't know if we will get it like Solomon did. He had to actually say, I want that, God. I need that in my life. And so here's the deal, guys. I want us to think in new ways about the places that God has put us, the positions, the, the, the relationships that we are in. And I want us to go, you know what? I was actually made to carry the image of God in that place. And it is impossible job without wisdom. That it is so much more than whatever else I would reduce it down to. The lunch period that you're in, you students who have a new lunch period, the, the, the teams, the cohorts, is that a fancy word? Yes. Those places that he has put us, you guys, it is, it is nothing less than to carry the glory of God in that place. And it is an impossible job without wisdom, just like Solomon's. And we are to do it on his behalf. This might sound familiar. Colossians 3, 23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the reward, the Lord as a reward, 
It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Man, man, we, we are in that position. It's not an accident. It is not a resume building moment. Wherever you are, you're not there for your own promotion. You're not there for your, your paycheck to pay the rent. Those are good things, guys. They're good things. You're not there. Sometimes we're like, look at, I'm doing this because I just, I want to help people. That, that's a good thing, but it isn't enough. There's more for you in that place. You're not there for your own outcomes. And we might not see it as a kingly, kingly purpose, but I want us to today. I want us to, I don't want us to minimize down that place that we are currently in. Even if you you like it, you don't like it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There's more for you. Ask for wisdom in that place, because I know that place that you are in, it requires decisions, doesn't it? It it requires decisions. Just like Solomon had to make a million wise decisions as king on God's behalf. So this is what I think asking for wisdom in Solomon's life sounded like. God, I am leading these people for you. I am governing them for you on your behalf, God. So give me extraordinary wisdom, godly wisdom, that spirit of God that was there when creation began. Give me that type of wisdom to lead these people, to make the decisions around this place where you have put me. And maybe wisdom, asking for wisdom sounds like this in your life. God, I am parenting these kids for you. I am doing this for you. I am teaching in this classroom for you this year. I am I'm leading this group for you. I'm a spouse to this person, God, for you. I'm on this team for you. So God, give me extraordinary wisdom for all the decisions that this place requires. Give me extraordinary wisdom. So what decisions are you facing in the position that God has put you? Some of you are trying to make decisions about treatment plans. And some of you are trying to make decisions about um, courses of study. Some of you are trying to make decisions about how do I do the best to help this, you know, I think about you guys back there, Roy and Julie, to, to take care of these students. How, how do I do this? How do I do this, God? What decisions are you facing? Well, I want you today to stop and think about that area. And I want you to start going, this requires an extraordinary wisdom. I'm doing it on God's behalf. Can we do that? Can we do that? Can we bring those decisions under the wisdom of God? Okay, so that's the first thing we're going to do. We have to ask, okay? All right, second thing that we're going to do is we're going to awe. Awe, yes. Um, is there something about weird words I say? Like, like don't, Molly, just say all, keep them normal. Okay, Proverbs 9.10 says this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, this is like something we put on pillows, right? Um, what does this mean, really? Um, it, yes, it crochets nicely, but what does this mean? That word fear, it, it means to, um, to stand in awe. To stand in awe. So let's try to put this together. Here's how I would interpret this. When I see God as big, as powerful, as awesome. When I see God as big, powerful, and awesome, it opens the door to wisdom in my life right there. Wisdom can begin in my life when, where I stand in awe of God. When I can stand in awe of God in my decisions, wisdom can begin there. So when you're making a, a decision, this is what I would ask you to stop and think about. What do I awe right now when I'm making this decision? What do I awe? And um, more often than not, guys, I would have to admit when I think about this, I actually awe 
um, my own logic. I might awe my own ability. Okay, I'm making this decision. Well, can I do it? And <laughs> do I want to do it right? Sometimes we awe our own understanding, my past experience. Those are the things that are really big and kind of first and foremost that I rely on when I make a decision. And what I see is that if I can't see back those th- past those things, if those things are really big, well, maybe that's where I've cut off wisdom in my life. That this is what the scripture is saying. When I awe God's ability instead of my own wisdom begins to enter my life. When I stand back in awe of God's ways and his big picture and his resource, wisdom can begin to enter my life. Right? When I, uh, when I stand back and I, I go, God, you matter in this issue. What you have to say matters in this issue. What I believe this says is then wisdom can find traction in that place in my life, over that area, over that place of decision. That when I can stand back and say, God, you must get more honor in this, that wisdom then begins to enter my life. It's a posture that leads to wisdom. Standing back in awe of God, how big he is, how amazing he is, how good he is, leads to wisdom. So when I think about the things that God says, the things that God thinks, his ways, his promises, that's where wisdom can begin to get traction in your life. So when I was trying to find wisdom for, do I marry Kevin? Is this the one that I'm going to you know, build the rest of my life with? Here's where it started. It started with awe of God. God, I actually care what you have to say about this relationship right? I care about doing this relationship your way. That's awe in practice, right? And then wisdom is allowed. Then it opens the door for wisdom to come in and help be a part of that decision. Does that make sense? That awe is going to open a door that wisdom can come through in our lives. I think about Daniel and man, this man was marked. He was described as a man of wisdom and understanding, even in a political realm, right? He was a man of wisdom, but his life, if you look at it, if you look at what, how did he spend his life? It was in worship, wasn't it? It was in awe. He built that into his life. And so when he had to make a decision, a life and death decision, do I stand up to this king or do I, you know, go ahead and bow down to him? How, how quickly did that decision come? Because he had built an, a life that awed God and wisdom came through. So here's what I'm asking you guys to do. You're making a big decision. When you sit down before you do your pros and cons list, that's a good thing. Start with awe. Just start with, oh, God, you are so big. You are so big, and I care about what you have to say in this issue, and I trust you to lead me, and I trust you to take me into a good future. If you need a little bit of fuel to all, check this out in Proverbs twenty twenty four. It says this, a person's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand their own way? Like, that's just a big picture, like stepping back and going, God, I know I can't understand my own way, but I get that you have every step worked out, right? Or check this out in Isaiah 46. This is the message version. And God says this, I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. Like you just step back and go, man, God, yes, you have, you've been there since the beginning. I wasn't even there and I, and you're going to be there at the end. And so I can just give you everything in between, right? I love this. This is one more verse that I don't have in front of me, but I saw this. This is um, back in Isaiah 46. It says this, God says to, so, so to whom will you compare me? 
the incomparable. Can you picture me without reducing me? Can you even start to picture me? You've already reduced me. He says, I'm so much bigger than you can even begin to imagine. Bring it all underneath the care of this one who is so big, who's outside of time, who has it all figured out and all sorted out. All your times are in his hands. We start there because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We want to build lives that are wise, guys. We start just building in awe. God, you're so big. Okay, so ask Uh, And the third thing is act, act. And here's where we're going with this. This is Proverbs 24, three. And it says this through wisdom, a house is built through wisdom. A house is built. So I would say this wisdom builds my house. Wisdom builds my house. How do you build a house? A brick at a time, (laughs) slowly, but surely one little decision, one little brick after another. And here's the deal, guys. This is what I want us to get a hold of here is that the small matters of your life matter. The small decisions you make matter. I've read that psychology today says that we make 35,000 decisions a day. 35,000 decisions a day. Oh my goodness, that's a lot of decisions. But here's the deal. These small things, these small bricks, they all add up to something. And so our small decisions matter. Do I stay up and watch one more anime with my kid tonight? Um, you know, do I put the snacks in the bowl or eat them right out of the bag? I always like, Molly, you know better. Put them in a bowl, right? Like, it's a big bag. Uh, you know, do I, do I get my laptop now? Kevin keeps saying, Molly, you need a new laptop. I'm like, I know, one more day. It's like winning. I get one more day out of this old thing. You know, it's going to crash eventually. But like, do I buy it now or do I just squeeze every last bit? We're building a house, guys. We're building a house. So every decision that you make in life is important, not just the big ones. C.S. Lewis says this in Mere Christianity. Every time you make a choice, you are turning the central part of you, the part of you that chooses, into something a little different than it was before. And you're taking your life as a whole with all your innumerable choices, all your life long. You are slowly turning the central thing into a heavenly creature or a hellish creature, either into a creature that is in harmony with God and with other creatures and with itself or else into one that is in a state of war and hatred with God and with its fellow creatures and with itself. Did I read that wrong? Sorry. Okay. Anyways, Carry on. To be the one kind of creature is heaven. That is, it is joy and peace and knowledge and power. To be the other means madness, horror, idiocy, rage, impotence, and eternal loneliness. Listen to this. Each of us at each moment is progressing to the one state or the other. Yes, today matters. Yes, the small decisions matter because you are slowly, step by step, building brick by brick something, a house. And here's the deal, guys. I want you to have a glorious house. I want it to be a house that you want to live in in five years and you want to live in it in 10 years. It's a house that you want to hand down to your kids. So every brick matters. The materials that you're building with, they matter. Every little decision matters. And so here's how we build, guys. We practice all along the way. We practice with every decision. We're using good materials. We're minding the bricks that we are building our house with. C.S. 
here, this is um, just an example of how I would do this with a small decision. So um, every time I go into a store with Kevin, I have a mantra. And I always tell him, I always, I can't help myself. I always say the same thing. I say, let's not overbuy. <laughs> I'm really talking to myself. <laughs> I'm really talking it to myself here. But I'm, I'm telling Kevin, let's not overbuy this time, right? And um, this week I was in Aldi. And Aldi has this amazing aisle. It's like the hot deals aisle, Right? And I love the hot deals aisle because it's all this name brand stuff that I assume is cheap because it's in Aldi, right? And, um, and this week I walked in and won the hot deals aisle and there is a box of ding dongs. Oh, I love me hostess. I love it. And, but I looked at that box and I was like, Molly, this is a small decision. If you bring those into your home, you will eat them all. I don't throw things away. I just don't. And no one else will eat them. And so I, I just look at those and I tell myself, you know what? This is just a, one small decision in this grocery aisle. Leave them. Walk on. Walk on, right? Um, so it's just that one brick, guys. Before, sometimes before I go into a social setting, it's this one moment of decision where I remind myself, show up as who you want to be. Molly, show up to give to people, not to get for your own identity. Show up to be generous with people around you, right? It's just these moment by moment, these small brick decisions so that I can build towards something Glorious. I can build towards something full of wisdom. Because when my life has been built up in the surrender to the wisdom of God, guys, it, then when the time comes for the big decisions, you've been doing it all along the way. It's there for the big decisions. When small bricks are just put in place, day after all of a sudden you turn around, you're like, look, look at the wisdom that has already been built in my life. It's there for the big decisions because I've been practicing along the way. And here's the deal that this is the offer that stands before me and the offer that stands before you, whether you wake up on a sunny morning or a a rain filled morning, it's the same offer. Choose today who you will serve. Choose today who you will serve. Whether the wind is a gentle, whispery, refreshing breeze, or it is a hurricane, whether you, you, you like the room you wake up in or not, it is the same offer. Choose today who you will serve. Because we're building a lifetime. We're building a lifetime of wisdom. And this is what I want us to do, guys. I want you to think about the building bricks of your life, the small things. And I want you to decide. We're going to decide today a small brick that we're going to build with this week. And here's an example of a small brick. The 15 minutes before you go to bed. The 15 minutes maybe when you wake up in the morning. It's a small brick that you can build with. And, And I know... Um, someone, I was talking to someone a few weeks ago and they told me that, um, Haram, actually, Adriana Haram, you guys, what have you been doing with the last 15 minutes of your night? You get out of bed and you, right, you guys decide they're just going to get on the floor and they're going to pray and they get on their knees and they pray. And it's been this consistent thing that they've given themselves to. It's 15 minutes, it's a, it's, but it's a brick. It's a, it's a brick that's building towards wisdom. Maybe for you guys, your next brick, maybe it's the $5 coffee drink. And I know these things seem small, but they're powerful when they're built with. They're powerful when they're put in place in wisdom. They build towards something. Guys, everything in the kingdom starts small. It's a seed. It's a seed that's planted, and it turns into the biggest tree in the garden. The, The kingdom is made up of the small. I promise you, these things are powerful. So can you pick one brick? Maybe it is, um, maybe it's just this week. I'm going to, the next meal that I face, I'm not going to be able to kick this whole sugar addiction, but the next meal, I'm going to make a wise decision. 
I'm going to pick the side salad instead of the cornbread or whatever, right? It's, it's a small brick. So can we think of one thing, one small brick that we're going to put in place in our lives that's going to build towards wisdom? You think about that for a minute. Because this is the deal, guys. We put these things in place, and they build towards this future that God has for us. It builds towards a wise future. We can look back and say, you know what, God? This is where I'm headed with all of my lives. And when it's time to make these decisions, we've been walking this out step by step all along the way. It's the small things that matter. This is why we are growing in person. This is why personal wholeness is so important to us, guys. It's the small things that matter that build up to the entirety of our lives. And so we're going to do this, guys. We're going to ask for extraordinary wisdom. We're going to spend our time just awing God and getting his glory big before our eyes, and we're going to build a house of wisdom. Okay? All right. So why don't we stand up, and I'm going to pray over you guys and trust that God's going to just meet us with the follow-through ability (laughs) that we all need, don't we? All right. So Holy Spirit, we just welcome you in this place that you are a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And we um, thank you that you promise to come when we ask. We thank you that you are the provider of those things that we recognize that we require. And so we just welcome you, Holy Spirit, right now to come. And for some of us, there's one wise decision that needs to be put in first. And that one is the surrender of our lives to Jesus as savior, as Lord, as the one who who covers our sin, who covers our lives, but then also is in that place of lordship in our lives where we say, my life is yours. And if you've never made that decision, I just invite you today to just stand back and surrender and say, Jesus, I need your righteousness to cover me. I see the gift of this love of this generous father. He poured out his love on us in Jesus. And I want to take that for me. I can't rely on someone else's salvation. I can't rely on my hope that it'll all work out. But I, right now, I just make this one wise decision to put Jesus at the center of it all. And that God will come and walk you through that and walk you through tomorrow, walk you through the next day. And then for some of us, God, we're in this place where we've just, we've been working for human masters and we recognize it. We've been working for our own agendas or maybe the agendas of our parents or people around us. And now, God, we see, we just come back to this place where we say, you know what, God, we're working, we're just on, it's for your behalf, it's for your goodness and your favor, your approval. And so we just come back and bring that place back into alignment with you and ask for wisdom to walk it out. God, I thank you for all the building material across this church, every brick, every bit of resource. And I ask for that zeroing in right now, just kind of zeroing in on that little place that you want us to build towards wisdom, build towards wisdom.